How are you, Jonathan? Hey, Corey. Good morning. I'm doing awesome. Good to hear you. Um, let's um, let's start here. Let's start with the economy. How does single-use plastic get tied in with the economy here? Yeah, so since this COVID-19 has hit us in March, everybody seems to be ordering a lot more online and doing a lot more uh, curbside pickup and a lot more to-go containers. And so if we think about it, let's just say you and I need to order a set of headphones online and so it comes in a box. Well, not only does it come just in a box, but first they wrap it in a plastic envelope. And then once they wrap it in a plastic envelope, they put it in a plastic bag. And then not only do they put it in a plastic bag, but inside there they put it in a plastic container that holds the headphones. And by the time you know it, we're getting six, seven different pieces of unusable, reusable plastic for one pair of headphones. That's what we're talking about. That's what's going on with our use in plastic and how it impacts the economy. You know, it's one thing that we've talked about before is um, ESG investing, right? Environmental, social, and governance investing. And that refers to a class of investing that seeks positive returns and then long-term impact on society, environment, and performance of business. It seems like, and, and let's take a step back here, Jonathan, but it seems like ESG, and I don't know from your perspective, but it feels like that is more popular now than it has been. There's an enormous amount of money flowing to the ESG uh, screenings. And one of the big reasons is because of not only the 2016 election for the social aspect, but the environmental aspect really, and now the single-use plastics and rising with the COVID-19 issues. You know, the three biggest polluters in the world are Coca-Cola, Nestle, and Pepsi. And we can all figure out why of all the beverages and all the food products that they're selling. But that's what we have to think about it as an investor and through ESG, whether or not we want to participate in being the polluter by using their products or if they're going to be forced to change the way they package so it's more friendly to the environment. But as an investor, that's right. We want to use ESG to figure out if these are the companies we want to participate in helping them grow and give them our money as an investment. Yeah, and, and now we can learn more about, you know, I, I don't know that this, like this information wasn't publicly available, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago about particular companies, but it's there now. And so people can go, you know what, that particular company is not somebody that I want to invest in because they are not taking these, these matters seriously. That's right. We want to find out which companies are taking it seriously, what the data available to tell us whether they're taking it seriously or not, and whether they're making any adjustments. You know, we don't really think about it, but when we think about using single-use plastics and plastic bottles and plastic packaging, you know who the biggest producer of that is? The oil industry, right? Because they need oil in order to produce the plastics. And so we want to find out, are they doing anything to make adjustments in the way they do business and in the way they produce mm. their packaging and their products? And who is the winner by the environment losing? That's right. We want to even analyze the data to find out if we really want to participate in that as an investor and as a consumer as well. Yeah. And it's good to know, and, and I'm glad you're pointing it out, that you have a choice. Like, it's your choice to do what, what you wish with your investment. So last thing on that, Jonathan, what, what do people need to know about plastics and their investment right now? Yeah, so I think if we look at uh, the biggest contributor, remember, is going to be the oil industry and whether or not we want to participate in owning fossil fuels in our portfolios and the packaging companies that are doing basically all of the uh, bottling and, and whether or not they're shifting to 100% recycling bottles or if the companies are ignoring that in restaurants that are doing food curb uh, service, are they using recycling and compostable or are they just using single use that's going to end up in the landfill? So we have to do a little research and then we can shift our habits and we can determine what investments we want to make based on that. That's what I would say. Yeah. 
Yep, and someone like Jonathan or Jonathan himself can help you with that decision. Jonathan Kvaznik here, financial advisor with Cherokee Investments at Bank Cherokee. I saw this headline, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you about it because I know a lot of people, myself included, um, have one of these plans in place. And I've, I've thought about this quite a bit in what, you know, what college looks like by the time my kids get to, get to that age. I mean, that's you know, it's 12, 13 years away for them. But you know, what does this look like at that point? What does the college landscape look like? So here's the headline. It said, with colleges in crisis, is a 529 plan still your best savings bet? So can you explain what a 529 is and and let's start there and then we can get dig into whether it's still the best savings bet. Right. So, we want to look at it as a 529 plan is a vehicle that allows us to save our money for our children or grandchildren or other children. Uh it can be nieces, nephews, anybody really on a tax-free basis if we utilize the funds to pay for tuition or educated related expenses. So it's a plan that's been established. It's been around probably since 1996, I believe. And that's a vehicle, again, so we can grow our investments without having to incur taxes on the gains if we use them for the benefit of a child for education. That's the purpose. So now, okay, so now they are, this is a 529 plan, but this is specifically, and I believe it can only be used for schooling. Isn't that correct? And and what if the college landscape changes? And, and what I mean by that, what if... You know, your your kids get older and they're like, well, you know what? I don't. I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to go uh, and I'm going to get into the workforce right away, or I'm going into a trade right away, or or I'm starting my own business. Whatever that might look like. You know, what what if that happens? Can you do anything with this money? Right. So the beauty of the 529 plan is, of course, it helps us with the tuition piece. But think about what is uh, education. It could be a vocational school. It could be a trade. They could be going to be an electrician, mm-hmm. a plumber, a welder, whatever that might be. The 529 plan works for that. It doesn't have to be a four-year accredited college education. Maybe they're going to veterinarian school. Maybe they want to be a vet tech. Maybe they want to be a dental hygienist. All of those qualify as long as it's post-high school education. That was the original. Then in 2018, the SECURE Act came along and said, you know what, we're going to allow you to use it for elementary and secondary school as well. Mm. So Mm -hmm. they opened the door for just things like you're mentioning. What if my kid doesn't end up in college? What if I don't have anyone to transfer it to? What am I going to do with all the money I save? Well, now you could utilize it if you decided to use a private uh, elementary school, or maybe you want some tutoring or you need some sort of education at the secondary level. They opened the door for that, and it can be public, private, or religious. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you, now, when you meet with people, Jonathan, do you recommend that for people if they have young kids, like when they should get started or what should they be thinking about? Is that something you do recommend? We do recommend it. And think about it this way, and it'll really help uh, our listeners, is if I started when my child was born and I start saving monthly and put a little bit of money away while I can afford it and do it on a regular basis, that the difference between that and waiting until my kid is in high school, I have to save six times as much for a high schooler, as I would have for my newborn child. So go ahead and start a couple hundred dollars a month when your child's born. Have the grandparents set up a 529 plan. Have it growing tax-free. Don't wait. And I think the most important thing to think about, the school systems are a little off-kilter. They're doing virtual. They're trying to find their base. Mm -hmm. But remember, the piece of paper is worth a lot regardless of how we get it. And so I always think about it this way, and this is kind of what I would tell my clients and their kids is, The education is important. That's number one. But the piece of paper also matters when you go out into the job field and you're looking for a career. 
So when I mean the piece of paper, right, I'm talking about the certification that you finished a college degree or you got some sort of trade. That's just as important as what we learned, it feels like, when you're out in the workplace looking for that first job. So don't get discouraged and don't stop saving. And if you don't need the money for your one child, remember we can transfer it to other children, grandchildren, cousins, nieces, nephews. It's not going to get wasted. It's going to have a great tax benefit, and it's going to be there when you need it. And if you don't, you'll find an alternative for it. It's not a problem. Jonathan, I love how you, you're able to explain this stuff so that even someone like me can understand. Just know I appreciate you and appreciate your time. Awesome. I appreciate the show, and uh, everyone stay safe and healthy. You too. Jonathan Kavaznik, financial advisor with Cherokee Investments at Bank Cherokee. If you have any questions, please contact Jonathan Kavaznik at jkavaznik, that's K-V-A-S-N-I-K, at securitiesamerica.com. ESG Players Podcast can be found on iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and many other platforms through the Backroom Studios. That's Backroom Studios, S-T-E-W-D-I-O-S. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, Jonathan B. Kovacnik, CHFC, registered representative, advisory services offered through Securities America Advisories, Inc., Cherokee Investment Services, Bank Cherokee, and Securities America are separate companies, not FDIC insured, no bank guarantees, may lose value, not insured by any government agency, not bank deposits.